You may be seated. to take our attention today to the book of Hebrews to begin. And as we're turning there to Hebrews chapter 1, I just wanted to say, and I, I know that I probably just haven't noticed this before, but not, not to put him on the spot, but Brother Carlos, I'm looking at your shirt, and I want you to stand up if you can and show everyone this shirt. You've probably worn this before. Take, take a little turn around here so everybody can see it. Keep calm. She's my queen. I just thought that was so great. That was so great. <laughs> that he's my king. I just thought that was great. The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And Tasha, you're a good yep. thing. Yes. Yes. You're a good thing to have around here. Amen. As are all our women, all our families, so good to have a church family, people that uh, can help us, that uh, can pray with us, whether for prodigals or for healing or for whatever the case might be. Hebrews chapter 1, and I'm going to read here the first four verses of chapter 1 and then skip to the next chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, and read verses 8 and 9 there. So from the New King James Version, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much more better, or so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they becoming so much better than the angels. And from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, You have put all things in subjection under His feet, for in that He put all in subjection under Him, He left nothing that is not put under Him. But now we do not yet see all things put under Him, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Today I'd like to speak from this topic, Jesus and the angels. Would you bow your head and ask the Lord's help with me one more time today. Jesus. Lord, as ever, we need you, and God, I need your anointing power, that the word spoken would not simply be a sounding brass, would not be, Lord, words only 
of my own creation and only of men's wisdom, but God, that they would be from on high, that they would minister, that they would encourage, that they would bless someone. I pray it in your name, that you, God, would be the centerpiece of all. Amen, amen, amen. There is this world in Scripture that we do not see very, very well. You might call it the spirit world. Although we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or hopefully we do, we do not see with spiritual eyes the things in the world that are around us. Amen. I feel a witness in the house. <laughs> we do not see all of these spiritual things around us, whether you would speak of that world in, in, a, in a great big way or in a very, very narrow way that is encircling your own life. But in that, that world, we have these, these characters that we call angels and we call demons. And we create them in, uh, in art and in pop culture and we create them in cartoons a lot of times and as conscience for making a decision and you'll have an angel on a shoulder and a, a demon on a shoulder and trying to decide what you ought to do, right? Uh, kind of expressing this struggle between good and evil. But the truth of the matter of this world of angels, the truth of it is we do not really know all that goes on there, do we? We know that they're mentioned in Scripture. We know that there's several places we can go to where we have some insight and we peek through just a, a, a little crack in the door and we get a glimpse of things. But really we don't have uh, volumes of material to read through and to understand the world of angels, though we believe that they are there. One thing that we do grasp I've taught and preached this before. One thing that we do type, uh, seemingly grasp is that there are at least three, because there are only named three in the canonized scripture, angels that we would maybe call archangels. And, even, and, and only one of them is actually, I believe, named an archangel. But we have three angels that are named. We have generic uh, terms as cherubim and seraphim, but we have three angels that are named, and the first is Gabriel. Gabriel seems to uh, bring to mind and evoke uh, some pleasant thoughts, usually, because we imagine with Gabriel uh, a message, and, and ordinarily a good message, a, uh, the coming of a proclamation uh, from the Lord that, that, hey, this great thing is going to happen. This great miracle is going to happen. He came to the prophet Daniel. He came to Zacharias, and he came to Mary. And the name was called. And so we specify or, or we recognize him as this angel of messages, this angel of words, this archangel, if you would, that, that brings tidings. We have also the archangel Michael from the book of Jude in verse 9, yet Michael the archangel, the only one really named such, this, as if he has a domain, right? As if he has a certain area of 
authority. Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. What a fascinating story that's not actually recorded in the Old Testament that when Moses died, all by himself, by the way, for he was not allowed to go into the promised land, you'll remember, goes off by himself, dies in the wilderness, falls down, and there's his carcass. And here comes the devil to lay claim to it, but somehow or other, Michael is sent with authority to take the body. What all that means, I have no idea, and I suppose someday we might... Uh, understand it on the other side. But Michael, when Scripture mentions him, there's always a conflict. I said before that Gabriel came to uh, the prophet Daniel. But if you'll read the story, you'll realize that this spiritual world, you know, unseen to us, this angels and, and demons, Gabriel was trying to get to Daniel, but somehow was stymied, somehow was, uh, 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 pressure was coming against him, spiritual pressure was coming against him. And the Bible says that Michael came to clear the way, clear the path, make, it, make him able to, to get to Daniel. There was a war in heaven, the Bible says, and there was Michael and his angels fighting against, well, all that we would call demons, right? We see through these little little cracks and little crevices, but we don't really know what all of it looks like. The word angel uh, hastens to your mind, the image of halos, the image of wings, flight and brightness and and all seemingly great and good things. But you will remember the other angel that received a name was Lucifer, the devil, the one that the Bible calls that old serpent, the dragon, and many other monikers for negative things. He is, as we might say, an archangel. And he does not so much declare the words and the messages. He does not have the sword of God to fight battles. But there is a parallel given in the book of Ezekiel. A parallel given to this prophet. And he says to write a lamentation over the king of Tyre. Or Tyree, however you like to pronounce it. And he says, say to him, thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection. Now, it says the king of Tyre, but because of the description, we know it's a parallel with Lucifer himself. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day You were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. We have from this passage gotten a little bit creative because 
Of course, it says here that there were pipes, timbrels. There were instruments created for Lucifer. There was these uh, uh, tools, these instruments for making music to the Lord. And we have uh, gotten creative to the point that we say, well, maybe, just maybe, Lucifer used to be the worship leader in heaven. And we have thus archangels over messages. We have an archangel over wars. And we have archangel over the worship that was supposed to be conducted in heaven. You were perfect in the day of your creation. You were perfect. You were this great seal, this great wonder. You were a marvel of heaven until iniquity was found in you. Oh, to be an angel. Oh, to see that world. Oh, the wonders that it holds that we don't see. And all of the majesty that's going on that, that we don't feel and we don't touch. And you find sometimes witnesses, testimonials that, that say, you know, I was praying. I was at such and such place and, and such and such time and, and there was this great happening. We saw an angel. Some people have said, maybe not an angel, but they saw literally a cloud come down upon people as they were praying or, or in worship. And, and there's this, this seeming wonder and awe-striking something that captivates our imagination. Oh, to see an angel. Oh, to walk with the angels. Oh, to be a part of the army that Michael has at his side. Oh, to deliver a message from the throne room of God as Gabriel did. But I would take our attention back to Hebrews and draw out for you that in chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus has become far greater than the angels. But yet chapter 2 says he was, was made a little lower than the angels. Right? The psalmist said, uh, what, what is man that you're mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care for him? You've got these angels all about you, these spiritual beings all about you. And even if we were to say, well, a third of them left him, he still has two-thirds of heaven that were converts that wanted to stay with him. And oh, the wonder and the majesty of these beautiful beings. What is man that you are mindful of him? And even Jesus, the Bible says, was made a little lower than the angels. But that's not, of course, the completion of the story. It's almost a paradox if we didn't know the full story that he could be lower than the angels and yet has ascended far above the angels. What, what is this a, a, a paradox? Is this a contradiction of Scripture? It's like this. Of course, you know that Jesus came and he walked the cruel road of Calvary. He took upon himself every weight, every sin, every transgression, every iniquity, every burden, every anxiety. Can I get a witness from anyone who suffered from depression? Took it all upon himself. Took all of the weight of the world and nailed it to, to an old rugged 
cross. And although it's wonderful that he would die for us, although there is no remission without the shedding of blood, the story does not end with his death, but three days later, he resurrected from the dead with the keys to death, hell, and the grave and has ascended to a higher plane. The Bible says with Jesus speaking that there were great men of old, uh, Jesus referencing Jonah, that all these great things happen, but a greater than Jonah is here. He says, the great and wise Solomon used to do this and thus, but a greater than Solomon is here. Angels seem to be captivating and so great and so amazing and so wonderful that we could capture a glimpse of them. But listen to me, church. You have within you the spirit of the almighty God and a greater than the angels is he, for he has ascended on high, far above every principality far above every power all the wonders of the angels but listen to me church the wonders of Jesus Christ the wonders of his cross the wonders of his Holy Ghost that are living inside of you oh I would be captivated I would be captivated by him more than the angels Hebrews we read from today, and I do love the book of Hebrews because it's just got so much deep, great stuff. And amidst all this talk about angels and Jesus, it specifically says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Oh, these angels, these wonderful beings. And here the writer of Hebrews says, they're sent forth to help you out. They're sent forth to make a way for you. They're sent forth to protect you. Why would God be so concerned with you, with me, with the church? Why would he be so concerned that he would send forth these angels? I mean, what a compliment from heaven above. I mean, you are here and I'm here living in all of this muck, all this crud, all of this world, all of this evil that is all about us. And though we've been born again and though God has given us his grace, we're still flesh, aren't we? And, you know, you may bathe daily, but it doesn't take long for that flesh to start stinking. It doesn't take long for flesh to be flesh, whether in the physical that it needs cleansed or even in the spiritual that it needs cleansed so that it doesn't fall into fleshliness, that it doesn't fall into sin one more time. Your flesh is your enemy if you're going to make heaven your home. And for a creature so low and for a creature so debased and for a creature so fallen, why is it that God would send forth 
angels to minister to you, to help you. You see, there's Jesus, made a little lower than the angels, but he ascended far above all of this crud, all of this evil, all of this flesh and stink and filth and all of this world. And have you not to hurt it? Do you not recall to mind the scripture that says the children then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. In other words, what's coming to you is far better than what the angels have. You will inherit everything that Jesus inherited when he ascended above death, hell, and the grave. Wherefore, we receive this spirit of adoption. We cry, Abba, Father, take us up. Take us up from the crud. Take us up from the filth. Take us up from this world. This world is not my home. Can I get a witness? This world has nothing for me. Can I get a witness right now? This world has no promise for you. This world is full of death and despair and nothingness and there's something coming for you if you can be faithful that's even greater than the angels he'll catch you away into the clouds and so shall you ever be with the Lord a greater than Solomon a greater than Jonah a greater than Isaiah and Elijah and a greater than the angels has come and you get to be with him in eternity you get to be with him in eternity. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. I love this, this passage, verses 8 and 9, but I don't often read or quote verse 10. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And I described for you this, this unknown world and use my imagination a little bit and extrapolate a little from Scripture that there's this, this world, this arc of messages from God. Gabriel, the archangel, and there's this world and this area of, of warfare and, and combat and conflict with Michael, the archangel, and this other area other area where Lucifer is supposed to be over worship and praise to God Almighty but here it says Jesus has ascended above all of it you are complete in him and he is the head of over, over all principality and power every dominion is under him every kingdom is under him you are complete in him there's a vacancy in, in this world, you know, where, where Lucifer used to be. If we can say that that's at least partly true here, that Lucifer should be playing those pipes created for him, that he should be playing the timbrels that were made for him. There's a vacancy. But you know, you and I can fill it. I say you and I can fill it. We can be made complete in him and we can complete this picture 
that the angels seemingly have a vacancy. Why would God be so interested in you that he would send forth his legions of heaven to make way and be a ministering agent to you? Are they not greater? Isn't, isn't it true that the Bible says man was made lower than the angels, even Jesus himself, because he was born of woman, made lower than the angels? Oh, there's a vacancy, my friends, in heaven for praise, for worship, for adoration. When we see the throne room in heaven, don't you see there are the elders, there are these beasts, there are these this imagery and 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 before the throne of God do they not continually say holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty I don't know why it's insufficient if the elders are saying it and these beasts but maybe they just can't play the piano like we can play the piano maybe there's something about our praise that he just loves like the old song says can I get a witness right now that God is interested when you raise your hands God is interested when you raise your voice. God is interested in your praise and in your worship. God is interested in people that love him, want to serve him, want to praise him, want to fill a void in heaven, want to be a part of what his kingdom is, want to be a part of what heaven is. Yeah, there may be angels in heaven, but it's you that he's interested in. The Bible writes about the angels and says they look in wonder at what we've got. They look and don't understand how it is God can be so interested in you and I but there's something about our praise and something about us that he sends forth angels for us this is how how interested God is in you this is how much God cares about you that with a throne room of people saying holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty. He comes down and says, what's Lisa doing? What's Teresa doing? What's Aaron doing? What's Tasha doing? What, what are they doing today? There's something about your praise. Oh, he loves it. There's something about the way when you speak his name, when you cry out to God, he ignores all the angels in heaven. When one sinner repents, when one sinner comes to God, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices just for you, just for you. This is how interested he is in you. And here we are wondering at angels, thinking how great it would be to take a walk and a stroll with them. But can I tell you, there's a greater than the angels here, a greater than Gabriel, a greater than Michael. And even the one who was perfect in his creation. Even a greater than Lucifer. Wow. I don't mean to devolve this message, but a greater than Lucifer. You know, this is how much greater he was. Forty days he went into the wilderness, right? Jesus went to fast and he tempted him three times. The rest of, the, of his life, the Bible says, the devil never came to him again. Is there a record of the devil coming to him one more time? Trying to give him trouble one more time. He offered him the world. All these things will I give you if you just bow down and worship me, Jesus. All the kingdoms of... Now, I think I read somewhere earlier today, you are complete in him and he is the head of all principality and power. 
You mean he got the whole world even though he didn't bow down to Lucifer? What are you trying to achieve in life? You're trying to win the whole world? Well, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but had lost his soul? What are you trying to gain in this world? What kind of money are you trying to win? What kind of influence are you trying to win? What kind of family are you trying to have? I can tell you this, you will not achieve those means by following the one who has fallen. You'll not achieve those means by the mechanisms of the world. You'll not achieve those ends by the machinations of your own imagination. You can achieve the good you want by going to the real king, the one who is above all principality and power. You are complete in him. Something about that that's so difficult for me to, to adequately express that when the Bible says you are joint heirs, we are joint heirs with him. All that he received, all that he received, I don't know, do you, can you grasp it? When the Bible says he's the firstborn, well, yes, the only begotten son, but he says he's the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. And when he was the firstborn from the dead, then he received all principality, all power, all authority, all dominion. And you get to inherit all that he did. Whew. I can't describe it the way I'd like to. But waiting for us on the other side is more magnificent and more wonderful and, and more spectacular than any words this preacher has to give you. More wonderful than the description of angels. If you went to the Cleveland Museum of Art and you saw some medieval uh, painting of angels and, 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 and wonder how it was that, that someone could create that so much greater than that, so much more magnificent than the painting and the actual world, so much more than all of that. And when he comes back, it says we'll reign with him as kings and priests as we ascend above the angels themselves. What a story. Would you stand with me today? Would you raise your hands to heaven and thank the Lord for what is waiting for you, a promise, an inheritance, a blessing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help us, God, to stay faithful to the end for what's waiting for us. Far greater than we can understand. More wonderful than words can describe. Jesus, 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 Jesus.
To the highest mountain I'll climb If you're going there To the lowest valley I'll run If that's where you're calling me I'll go Across the ocean I'll sail If you're going there To the farthest corners of the earth that's where you're calling me, I'll go. When I see the cross you care just for me, just for me, just for me. When I see the cross you carry, just for me, just for me, just for me. When I see the cross you carried, just for me, just for me, just for me. 
When I see the cross you carried just for me, just for me, just for me. When I see the cross you carried just for me, to the highest mountain I climb. Going there to the lowest valley, I'll run. If that's where you're calling me, I will go across the ocean. I'll sail. If you're going there to the farthest corners of the earth, if that's where you're calling me. When I see the cross you carried just for me, just for me, just for me. When I see the cross you carried just for me, just for me. again in three days I pissed you in your side you hung your head and died then you rose again with keys to death and hell just for me Sweet Lord, it's been so good to be here today, to be with these wonderful people, and to try to bless your name in song. Jesus, we pray that something has been said or done today that can encourage hearts, bless people as they go out the rest of this coming week, and they face many troubles, many burdens that they bear. Be with them, we pray. Send your angels before them protect them from all trouble and all cares. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.